0: The following is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on a beautiful, I mean, just gorgeous uh, you couldn't ask for a nicer day as far as I am concerned. Just beautiful. Shame we didn't start baseball today. This is, this is perfect weather for baseball, which gets started tomorrow. We'll talk about that. Uh, quite a few things to get to, but uh, obviously we will talk a good bit about basketball from last night. Uh, one of the most dominant performances that I've ever seen uh, by Auburn basketball, over the team that came in ranked number 11 in the country, the South Carolina Gamecocks, allowing an average of 64 points per game. Auburn put up 50 in each half last night. I mean, it's just um, uh, amazing some of the numbers. We're, uh, uh, we're we're looking forward to hearing from you as well. All right, Dan is in Troy. They've got a doubleheader today. The women and the men playing down in Troy. So um, he is out today. He'll be back in tomorrow. Once again, Coach Don Dunn, uh, we're very, very happy, is uh, is with us here in the studio. Don, how are you doing today?
2: Doing great, Bill. Thanks for having me again.
1: Oh, I- absolutely. And then it's Thursday. That means Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer also here in the studio. Ferg, what a show last night.
3: An incredible game. One of the best games you're ever going to see any college basketball team play, much less Auburn. And uh, it was funny, before the game I was talking to somebody and I thought, you know, I I think South Carolina is built to hang around with Auburn a lot better than some of these teams that they've played here at home have, and then – you know, of course, they go and beat them by 40.
1: Well, here, here's what I said yesterday. I said, South Carolina is not built to come from behind. No. But they're a team that can just drive you crazy. They and I thought around. in the first three minutes, it's like, oh, crap. This looks like what South Carolina would like. Although, I was surprised they shot it quickly a couple mm-hmm. of times. Yeah, They get out to a 9-4 to lead. Uh, three minutes in, because I look up and, men, they're on pace of 120. It's like little did I know that, no, Auburn was going to be the team that hits triple digits. But, yeah, Auburn went on a run. They went on multiple runs last night. They have – they're a team that, I mean, y- you just feel like there's there's a 10 to 18-point
3: 10 to run coming sometime because yeah. Auburn does it pretty much every game. They do it pretty much every game, and uh, – I- analytically you look at this team and, and you see their streakiness and how like how much that helps them out a ton and they and they prevent a lot of those yeah you know it, it, it was hard for South Carolina to string more than a few baskets together last night and you know yeah Auburn starts off in a nine to four hole and then they go on an 18-3 run just right. like that um the bench I thought played you know gave him a tremendous lift again and it just felt like this is the ceiling like this is what the ceiling of Auburn looks like and if your ceiling is beating one of the hottest teams in America by 40
1: (laughs) that's a pretty high ceiling
3: yeah and it's it's college basketball you know you're not going to play that way every single night matchups matter you know all, all that stuff but when you look at what this team is capable of if you can do this and I know it's at home but being at home doesn't mean you're going <laughs> to isn't worth 40 points or anywhere near 40 points no they played a phenomenal basketball game and uh you know really really uh on both ends of the floor i thought just was it did everything they needed to do to give south carolina trouble and uh i mean it snowballed and snowballed and the big thing there in the second half i think they closed the game uh, on like a 14-0 run i mean for a team that at times this year, has kind of played around with its food in the second half. Both halves, they just took mm-hmm. it to South Carolina and well, got a whole lot of strong points. Both yeah. yeah. Yeah, when your walk-ons are coming into the game and scoring points and getting stops, that, that tells you a lot about the way this team was locked in.
1: 200 points in the last two home games against rank, uh, top 15 teams.
3: Yeah, and both of those teams were number one in the SEC at the time they played them. And, and you know, right. that's, that's going to keep you in this hunt uh, if you're Auburn and... I mean, yeah, I, there there are a billion different ways you can go with this, um, but I did think the big difference maker in this game is compared to the Florida game. You know, Florida game, Auburn had more turnovers and assists. They didn't force very many turnovers. When you play a slow it down team like South Carolina, you got to maximize your offensive opportunities, and you got to force them to turn it over, get them sped up, feel like they're feel like they're kind of lean a little bit. I think Auburn had twenty five points off of South Carolina turnovers yesterday, and I mean that that. When they win the assist to turnover ratio, and, and the turnover battle in general, they pretty much win. Like every like 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 throughout the
1: year, Their yeah. I mean, time Auburn should... only had seven turnovers last night.
3: Yeah, and uh, 20, 22, 22 assists uh, on. They had twenty two assists, and I think South Carolina had eighteen made shots. Hey, Dylan, <laughs> I mean, Dylan
1: Cardwell hard. had as many assists as South Carolina.
3: Yeah, <laughs> incredible game. Incredible game. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was just kind of what we've seen this team when they are at their best is like everybody contributes, everybody shares it, and and when we talk about matchups mattering, you know Bruce Pearl said that after after the game a good bet, South Carolina's got a pretty good front court, especially on offense. They're they're, they're physical up front. They're not very tall though, no. and so they felt like they had to overcompensate on the inside. So they did a lot of drop covers, they played some zone, they sold out to say, hey, Jani Broom and Jalen Williams aren't going to beat us around the basket. And Jani Broom and Jalen Williams said, okay, we will go 9 of 12 yeah. from deep
1: in the game. Yeah, We're, and Jani,
3: how about Jani missed his first,
1: then he hit his last first. four. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's It was crazy because, you know, when your front court is as good as they are around the rim, it's one thing, but when they can step out and say, hey, if you give us space, we will make you pay. Now, they're not going to go 9 of 12, maybe ever again, combined, but... They have that ability to knock you, knock it down, and this is such a versatile front court. This is such a versatile offense, and they they take what you're not very good at and attack it. And on the flip side, um, you know they look at they look at what you do best on offense and say, okay, let's try to take that away first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Such a good game playing game, and and that's what makes this team kind of special. They they're not sticking to a system. It's not like Alabama or some of these other teams you've seen Auburn play this year where it's like, hey, they do their thing and when they do it really well, they can beat anybody. Auburn's thing is we're going to take away what you're your best at. We're going to attack what you're what you're the worst at. And if you do that from game to game, it's tough. Like it's it's hard on your players and coaches to do that every single night, but I think that's what makes this team very very special is that they they have enough they have enough depth and versatility and experience that they can build this way and it that's how, that's how. a team can be a top five team in the country without an NBA first rounder. I mean that that that, that says a lot about this crew. Now,
1: one thing that uh, that I've said it a few times, and uh, I'll reiterate it here. I mean, how the importance of Jalen mm. to this team when yep. when he goes well, the team really <clears throat> excuse me really goes well because they can't be as concerned about Janai. Yeah. When uh, and, and Jalen <clears throat> last two home games. Has been phenomenal, both Jalen and Jenei,
3: <clears throat> excuse me, with with twenty plus each of the last two games. Yeah, and you look back at uh, you look back at the old Miss game. Slow start in the first half. Auburn slow start in general for for Jalen. He goes off in the second half, and Auburn puts up one of their best halves of the season. Last night he had it. what
1: 16, 13 or sixteen in the first in half? in the first
3: half. Day. Yeah, I think it was sixteen. <laughs> he is. Yeah, and and again, we'll we'll bring it up again because it held true these last two games. When Jalen Williams hits a three, Auburn's undefeated this year, and it's just a funny quirk. But yeah. I do think when he gets going, when he when he yep. when he's playing that inside-out game, stretching the floor, it just does so much because you're right. If I'm trying to game plan against Auburn, I say, hey, well, Jani Broom is one of the two, three best players in the country right now. We got to slow him down. But if you focus all your effort on that, and oh by the way, Jenai can still play face up and pass and shoot threes and do all that stuff where you don't, you know, he he can attack you without. Um, you know, just relying on his inside game, and then it's like, okay, what do you do with Jalen Williams, and then what do you do with all the other weapons? Like we've seen mm-hmm. Auburn. Yeah, you know, I thought Trey Donaldson had a phenomenal game last night. Yeah, where his too. stats weren't as crazy as the other guys were, but this is a team that is that is continuing to, you know, he, lean he on was, their fifth year. <clears throat>
1: he was so disruptive defensively as well,
3: uh, tremendously disruptive um He had that really good dunk to kind of that was part yep. of that run that Auburn went on there in the first half. The stealing dunk. He is he is such a he he is such a great player on both ends of the floor. Great two way point guard, and uh, he's leading the way. I mean Auburn's assist turnover ratio we talked about earlier that's that's been kind of the key for them between winning and losing this year. When your uh, point guard goes out there and has you know four assists and zero turnovers, that sets the tone for everybody else and. Even Aiden Holloway, who, again, is not shooting well right now. Doesn't turn uh, it over much. Doesn't turn it over much. Has great assist numbers. gotten better on defense. Um, you know, when your point guards are doing that, everybody else kind of opens up that way.
1: And then we got to see uh, more of Denver Jones. It had been a while. Denver at the point uh, for, for a few minutes. How many minutes did he play at the point?
3: Uh, I think it was five or six by okay. the time it was over. Um, and so I asked Bruce Pearl about that after the game. Hey, why why did you go with Denver at the one? And he said... We look at KD Johnson and Denver Jones right now and say both of these guys are playing well and they can only play 40 minutes. Yeah, we only have 40 minutes to play at the two. We need more than 40 minutes out of him to maximize what what we've got. So, find a way to get Denver on the floor more. Mm-hmm. Find a way to get them playing together. And it's such a good defensive lineup. Oh, oh it
1: is. And you're also – I mean, you're facing some teams that have bigger, more physical guards. So, that's something Denver can match up with. You,
3: you saw some of that last night, and I don't think it's coincidence at all that they trot that out there right before Kentucky comes yep. into town. Because if you look at Kentucky, front – I mean, their they're backcourt just all the way across. They're all guys with size, length, shooting ability. So, they're going to be some t- – not to say Trey Donaldson and, and Aiden Holloway are liabilities on defense by any means – but there are going to be some times when you need a little bit more experience, a little bit more size, a little bit more bulk in your backcourt. And uh, they tried it out there, and it worked. Um, I think I think he was like – I added up, I think he was like plus five or plus six uh, on the floor. And, of course, Auburn played really well throughout. But yeah. um, he did a really good job, I thought, at point guard. Played a little bit of it earlier this year. He's such a – you know, you go back to his FIU days, he's such a good ball-dominant guard that you feel like you can trust him with the ball in his hands. But that is a defensive move. And uh, it, it's it's really fun to watch because I think it combines some of the the havoc that you get with KD uh, on defense with also just the steady because I mean Denver Jones this year if you look at his numbers it's like when he's on the floor teams are like shooting way 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 down than than their normal marks and that's you combine it's like the best of both worlds out there and it's a good way to get two experienced players on the floor more often
1: yeah the first time I, first time they were out there I looked and I went. Uh I noticed that Denver and KD were both out there, and I went, "Who's at point?" It's like, "Oh, oh, yeah. it's Denver." Yeah. But I mean, you notice it more on defense. But you're right; that's a that that's a that's a great move defensively. And, and
3: Denver think. is used to when he is on the floor, playing against other teams' point guards very often, because mm-hmm. that's usually he's the best defender. They'll they'll put him on their best guy. But to do that to him on offense, I feel like he knows the system and he knows the plays well enough to kind of get to keep that going. But I think it's a great move, and again, it's strategic. Um, not not pulling the plug on Aiden, you know, not. Not saying that you can't rely on Trey in those situations, but just more of like, hey, there's gonna be some situations upcoming where you would love to have you would love to have their experience and their defense uh, out there on the floor, and it's a great way to get those guys on the floor together.
1: Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer with us here on the uh, Thursday edition of the Drive. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call on the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar, 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on the Drive text box, which is presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that number, 334-564-1840. We'll get to our first break. Steve, you'll be up when we come back here on the Thursday Drive.
3: Yellowwood knows that a five-star backyard is the... To be
0: a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Don, Justin. It's like, what? Yeah, we've got a new trio. No, it's Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, Coach Don Dunn, Dan's got basketball today so he'll be back tomorrow. Uh we'd love to hear from you and we'll go ahead and get to the drive hotline presented by Skybar and Steve is up first. Hey Steve. Hey what
4: what what a
1: great night. I mean first you know just
4: so happy and glad that my wife thinks Valentine's tickets to to a basketball <laughs> game is a great gift. That's a great you sport. Know, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's cheaper to go to Acres than to just go to a game, but it's not near as much fun. So it was. Um, <laughs> no, you're right was about a great that. <laughs> uh, but here's the other thing: it, that had to be a historical night in the jungle. I mean, you got Bo Jackson and Hugh in the crowd. You get three point shooting that I don't remember ever seeing. You get a couple little scuffles. You get some great alley oop dunks, and you get a blowout of a of a highly ranked basketball team on a Wednesday night. I mean that that was. Um, and you got Gooey fries at the end. I mean, how that's do right. That is good? absolutely
1: right. I mean, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't lose. And I, there had to be some South Carolina fans that wondered what in the heck was the place going crazy for in a thirty-something point ball game. There, it wasn't like Auburn was scoring. Auburn did hit triple digits right then. You know, it was a little before then. Right. So you're right. It was. Oh, uh, and you it was 100. all good. Yeah,
4: and you got a and you got a hundred. You got a hundred you put on. Yeah. Too, so. so what I to talk about, y'all were talking about it. I was surprised, you know, to see. Denver, playing point with Katie out there just just for the fact that Bruce has always shown, and at some points, you know, too much loyalty to players. But I think it's a I think it's a brilliant, smart move. I
0: mm-hmm. mean,
4: Aiden is is not playing well. I mean, I think you asked him; he'd tell you that. I, I specifically watched him warm up, and I think he made everything he shot in warm ups. Yeah. He looked he looked great, but he got back out there, and, and it just doesn't look comfortable. His shooting form in the game is not. And to be honest, if he's not scoring. He's never been a great defender because of his size, and he's his experience and he's young. We couldn't continue to do what we're doing. I mean, that's the definition of insanity. And when we get up against some of these bigger guard teams like Kentucky and these folks that are coming, now we got a solution. I, I, you know, the thing I hate about it is because the way the game is now, instead of saying, "Hey, let him play, let him go to the weight room, let him get bigger," my biggest worry now is that he'll be gone next year. They're go they're going to transfer portal, and we'll never see him again. But I'm really proud of Bruce for doing what is probably the best thing for the team to win right now.
3: Yeah, and and I think the thing with Aiden is, you know, as, as somebody who goes to almost all the practices and watches it, watches and covers his team pretty closely, I, I think Aiden Hall always had a really good attitude about all this, and I think he has gotten better in other ways this mm-hmm. year. But, yeah, the shots aren't falling, and, and you know, Steve, you're absolutely right. Dude hits everything. It's crazy because when when like even with all the struggles he's had this year, when he pulls up and he's open, I think it's going in. I because just because I'm trained to see a ton of that from him this year, but yeah, it, it is a good move. It is a smart move. I think it's going to help in games like Kentucky and like Tennessee. And I also think you can still find ways to give Aiden Holloway time to figure it out. Um, you know, Bruce Pearl has said he feels like there's going to be a breakout coming at some point for him, but. You're not putting a ton of pressure on him. It's like, hey, it's now or never, kid. Like You're able to kind of be flexible there, and, and I'd really like – if Denver Jones is the guy who can you know, keep it going for you on the offensive end at, at point, it's a great move to have. And also, Trey Dawson deserves a ton of credit this year. You know, you bring in a five-star point guard, and, and, and he's not playing up to the level that people expected this year, but it hadn't really mattered because your other point guard has been able – to kind of carry the load for him and and it just it just shows how, how how deep and balanced this team is and and this 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 staff knows how to push all the right buttons with him. I think this I think this move like you're talking about is is another one.
4: Well, I think the analytics show that when Trey's on the court there's the plus minus or whatever number we want to look at is tremendous. Oh yeah. And and the part, uh, the big part of that is his ability to drive and draw one, you know two defenders and hit the open guy. You know, that's not Aiden's game. When I saw last night. I mean, I know it was a blowout so maybe the effort level wasn't what it should have been for some of the Carolina guys late, but he got he was going to the rack and dishing the ball out. He made, you know, one or two questionable passes, but if he can finish at the rim and when we swap Trey out, it's not a totally different offense. It's still you got go mm-hmm. to go at the rim from the one all the way. It's a big step for us because, you know, we got some guys that can shoot the three. I mean, last night was an anomaly. You're not going to shoot like that every night. But, you know, uh, Baker Mazar how many times has he just stepped up and made the top of the key three. He makes one every game
2: mm-hmm. and
4: he, he steps. I mean, if you can get them more open on catch and shoot opportunities, I, I just think it will jump our three point shooting to a range where we might be able to go a bit deeper, but you know, last night was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine being a student in that crowd last night, you know, about, about everything you can want from a basketball game. And I was just really glad to see some adjustments to the rotation. Cause I, I I didn't know we were going to stay with the Y-Ball rules all year, where everybody had to play so many minutes in each game in order to, to keep the parents happy. And um, I, I saw last night that we're not going to do that. We're going to really try to win,
2: which I think is great.
3: Yeah, and we're starting to see we're starting to see them tighten up some minutes a little bit more. too. Yeah, you're, you're still
1: going to see ten or eleven. But, yeah, you just but, may not see the same. You're seeing a little bit more Jalen. You're still
3: seeing a little bit more Janai. It's not yep. quite as 2020 as it, it as it has been. A little more been. CBM. Yeah, yeah, and and, Ch- and, and Chad you're as well.
4: See a little, and you're you can see a little more Cheney Johnson because he deserves it. He's figured oh, it out. Oh man, he's
1: getting better. He's really, he he's, he's really a guy. I, I, was, I was sitting sitting next to him, and I wanted to uh, uh, send a shout out to uh, to to, uh, uh, to to Don Glass and and his wife, who I met last night. And they had a they had an extra seat beside them because uh, Jacob was in our seat up mm. top, and of course everybody was in our seat. So I came back down and uh, and uh, I sat sat next to Don, and and we were and we were talking about Cheney, and he was wondering. Man, what what is Auburn going to do up front in the front court next year? And I said, well, the transfer portal is going to have something to do with that, but Cheney Johnson's going to have a big say with that, I think, hey, next hey, year as well. Hey,
3: Bruce said it in the um, at SEC Media Days. He said he said like he's going to be one of our best players either this year or next year, yep. and I think next year is definitely the one. And if you sit here and say, oh well, you know, that's you know, hyping up your own guys. I remember after the Miami loss two years ago, he said, we're going to build this thing it's around. Jalen Jalen's team. And people yeah. were like, what, what in the world? Yeah. Now two years later, you're looking at him as one of the best players in the country paired with a, with a, an elite transfer. I think they need to go in that same type mm-hmm. of direction next year.
4: Well, you can just see it on the floor. The confidence is there. He's he, he's getting to his spot. And then when he gets the ball, instead of – he's not even thinking it anymore. He's like, I got the ball and we'll score. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a complete 180 from – where he was at the start of the season, when you could see he was thinking, and the game was a bit too quick for him. And I think he finally figured out that you know I don't have to shoot as many threes because I can get inside. He, he's a strong kid. He plays hard. I mean, that that the alley oop he threw to um, to, to uh, Dylan last night, you know, brought the place down. And that you know that that just shows tremendous basketball IQ. And I'm happy for the young man because you know he, he what was he was like six three when he went to UAH. Yeah, yeah. He, he played you know. <laughs> It's just a great story, and it, hopefully that's what the transfer portal will become. You know, a guy who actually gets better in talent gets to move up. Jani. And I mean, you know, that the same sort yeah. of story. Yeah. yeah, it's a good example of it working. So, but yeah, last well, night was great. Um, I wish I had we could play like that for the rest of the year. We'd, we'd go all the way to the Final Four. So. Oh, man. But it, it's an anomaly, but a lot of fun have a good afternoon
1: great stuff steve appreciate the call a couple of couple of things one one i want to get i want you to get to some numbers here a little bit because yeah a lot of folks are like yeah last night was great oh but we're so bad on the road we'll get we'll get to that in in just a minute Mm -hmm. he he mentioned yeah it, it was really cool um you know last night seeing bo down there yeah and and all right so earlier today um, we're over and, and we have an opportunity with, with Butch Thompson, a couple of players got a little tour of the hall of fame club, uh, which, which is, uh, uh just club 35. Basically it's a Frank Thomas, um, Frank Thomas special and Frank big, uh, big Frank's going to be in town. And I just thought, man, when was the last time within 10 days, Charles Bo and Frank were in town within 10 days. I mean, it back, being like back in the Bowl. 80s, yeah. you know, I, I was telling somebody yesterday, you know, back when, when they were here, people didn't realize how no. great they were. Nope. It was one of those, well, boy, that's good. Just let's wait till the next one. Uh, it's, the next one rarely comes along when yep. you've got guys like that and to have had three like three players like that just back, you know, just either here at the same time or right after each other within the same time frame. It's amazing and great to see them back. Here over the last uh, last week and then tomorrow.
3: I, I guess it would have to be the Iron Bowl and, and Iron Bowl from the last yeah. year. And you know, they shot that documentary uh, that uh, was right. thirty for thirty the SEC network did it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's big when your when your icons come back home and 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 when they're some of the biggest names ever. That's the other thing. It's just like it's not just the fact that Auburn has legends; it has dudes that are the, some of the best who ever have played their sports. That's right. And are still famous like. Frank Thomas and Bo Jackson and Charles Barkley haven't played their sports in decades. No, uh, but, no but but people still know who they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still in the public. people
1: who weren't born when they were. You know, the, you know. And the, Frank and Chuck are on TV ended.
3: all the time. You know, with their careers, and and Bo is Bo is still Bo. You know, yep. and and that's you know it, it is really cool to kind of see all that. And uh, yeah, I mean. I had no idea Bo was going to be there last night. I didn't either. I just looked down right before tip off, and I was like, "I think that's Bo Jackson down there in, in in the student section." And it was it was really really cool to see. And I'm sure I'm sure Saturday is going to be just absolutely nuts, um, you know, with folks trying to come back into town, famous and non-famous. I, I should oh, say. Oh yeah, uh, it's 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 well, you, going you, to be you, it's you, going to be wild. You had
1: the you had the uh, the the campers out. Right after the game last night, getting ready for game day. Yeah, you
3: want to make sure, hey, you know, and you know, somebody pointed out, yeah, your dorm room might not be that great, so why not? Weather's nice. Weather's <laughs> Weather's ni- nice right now. What? What? Yeah, wasn't terribly cold last night. The not- last time they did that, it oh, was, it was super frigid. Cold, so mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm glad they're I'm glad they're getting a break with that, and you know,
1: yeah, it's a good but, thing they're not going to have to be out there like uh, Saturday night.
3: Yeah. Well, and I I really liked um, so tonight. Auburn women play Kentucky yep. and uh, I saw Jeremy Roberts tweeting that you know um for the folks who were camping out hey come into the game we'll we'll make sure your spots are saved in line and all that and you know we'll make sure all your stuff's taken care of we're gonna we're gonna have people out there watching it so uh they did that uh with the gymnastics a while back as mm-hmm. well and it's just it's really cool to see just that energy kind of flowing and uh yeah for those of you who don't who are, who are in town or um you know there's uh Pretty big a uh, women's game tonight. Auburn's on the bubble. Any any win helps. Uh, Kentucky's a you know bigger name usually in women's basketball. And Coach Jay making the announcement last night or earlier this week, and she said it again last night. Um, they're thirty five hundred fans away from breaking the all time record for women's basketball. Sing, yeah, for yeah single for season. single season, and uh, she's going to donate uh, three dollars. Um, to I think it's Outlive, but it might be it might be the might also be the 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 K uh, initiative that that women's basketball is doing this week for cancer research, um, for every student who's in attendance tonight. So wow. it's a it's a big night, and that uh, <laughs>
1: that that'd, that'd, that'd be a chunk. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah,
3: uh, you know, it's a, it, it's a big night for them as well. So it's just good to see that you got. You know, baseball opening up this weekend. A lot, a lot of fun stuff happening around here, and, and it's good. It's good time to be. It's good time to be an Auburn student. I'm sure, even oh, if you no have to sleep kidding. outside for a no little bit. No kidding. Uh, hey, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Yeah, we'll get into
1: some of the uh, analytics. Justin uh, has has some interesting numbers for for people. Might surprise some folks uh, when it comes to futility on the road. Uh, that anything on your mind sports wise? Though we'll talk a little about. Uh, Uh, Football Auburn adding a couple of more um, members to the off-field staff. Uh, Another coach, head coach, leaving um, for for an assistant coach's position. We'll talk about that and much more as we continue here on the Thursday Drive.
0: Cameron and Dan Peck. ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Dunn, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, and uh, Justin... Uh, this this is a, a busy, busy time. There's a lot going on. I mean, we're coming down the stretch in the regular season in college. Basketball, nope. uh, the, the women are getting close to wrapping up the regular season, and we'll have postseason there. We've got softball underway,
3: baseball about to get started, spring football less than two weeks away. That's the one that's crazy to me is you look up and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're about we're about to get rolling. So, yeah, a ton of stuff going on right now. Uh, and uh, in, in terms of men's basketball and football, we've got a – Plenty of stuff on the Observer. Uh, Sign up six dollars a month, six dollars a year. We'll get you all the post game, pre game, you know, during the week, after the week, whatever uh, analysis of of Auburn football, men's basketball, and uh, it's a ton of stuff going on right now. So it's a great time to sign up.
1: Your thoughts on the uh, the latest uh, additions? I know Auburn hasn't officially released. At least I haven't seen a release yet on uh, um, Maurice Harris and uh, oh, who was the well, Mari Harris is coming in. He'd been the uh, offensive coordinator at Jackson State and had been co-offensive mm-hmm. coordinator at Liberty. And then um, Ken, uh, Kenyatta, Kenyatta Watson. Kenyatta Watson, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, really coming big, in.
3: Really big name in, in recruiting circles, has been for, for a long time. Yeah, there's – you know, continuing to build up this staff, kind of reorganize it with guys that are familiar with Freeze, familiar with this area. Uh, I, I continue to see a, a, an emphasis in recruiting. No question. The the reorganization of the behind-the-scenes effort on, on that side, when you look at, like, Will Redmond and you look at, you know, a number of guys that they have brought in, um, it, it is a top priority f- for sure. And, um, you know, we'll see how it all kind of comes together here uh, in 2024, you know, but I, I do think kind of big-picture-wise organizationally, it just falls in line with a lot of what Auburn's doing this year, and um, it it's a, you can see there's a clear vision and a clear plan for what they want to do moving forward. It's got to put it into action, and uh, you know that's going to be that's going to be the big deal this year. But yeah, recruiting definitely continuing ahead in the right direction, and 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 wanting to improve on it. When Hugh Freeze goes out and says, "Hey, we signed a top ten class. That's awesome. We want a top five class next year." Well, part of that is making sure you have all your ducks in a row behind the scenes in order to make that happen. And uh, you know these moves are part of it.
1: Oh no, question, Don. I mean, uh, not to, not to act like you're a dinosaur or anything, but yeah. I mean, no, really. How much things have changed? I'm yeah. older than Don is, so don't worry about that. No,
2: uh, not much. But anyway,
1: I mean, just <laughs> yeah. think a few years ago, the the staff, the the off-field staff was you, you could count them sometimes on two hands.
2: Yeah. Uh, now now yeah.
1: it's 25 plus Easy. that that you that you have to have to you know to stay with everyone because you're going to fall behind if you don't have very specialized people that are always monitoring and keeping up and better be people with great contacts that the head coach and the assistant coaches just don't have time to be doing.
2: Exactly, and uh, like you said, it's 24-7. Things have changed, uh, and you need those people for the organization, the identification, all the things it takes. And, like you said, 25 to 30 people is not uncommon. And every one of them is important, and every one of them has a role. And I think it's a great idea. And it's what you got to do nowadays. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the way it is.
1: Yeah, Maurice Harris, uh, Justin, I mean, is a guy that, that had been uh, – he, he's been a recruiting coordinator. Yep. Uh, as well as uh, an offensive coordinator. So, I mean, and he's coming in in an off-field role, sort of, I guess, sort of the Travon Reed um uh, mm-hmm role
3: Yeah, yeah, and and I and I think about just you know having that kind of flexibility in your staff of guys leave guys you know you can shuffle around. I think at Ken Austin, Ken Austin, special assistant mm-hmm. to the coach, to the head coach's first year, Auburn makes a change at offensive coordinator. They have a ready-made quarterbacks coach ready to pop right in. Yeah, a
1: guy who has been Hughes'
3: offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, you know, for multiple years. And I, and I look at Maurice Harris, and I look at somebody who has spent time with you and, and spent time in this offense and, and, and behind the scenes with recruiting and all that and see like that is a versatile piece that um, obviously is gonna play a role right now, but things kinda shake up maybe next off season or in the future, you can see kind of some movement there. And I think that's that's really helpful to have, especially when it's guys that you trust and guys that you know that, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we can win, we can succeed with these with these people. And that's 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 what the whole off season's been about right now for Auburn is just, hey, everybody let's get on the same page um, and, and see you know, if this is going to be the way, it's it, this is going to work and get Auburn back to the to you know where where it needs to be on a consistent basis.
1: Yeah, Don, you you can uh, you can talk to uh, trusting in your coworkers. I mean, and and the chemistry, how important that is. I mean, you guys, uh, the bulk of of the assistance there under under Tubbs stayed the same, but. That made that made it that made it a little different, though, when when there's somebody else that is brought in that you don't have a relationship with, you haven't worked with, you don't really understand, you know, their way of doing things.
2: Right, and it's a trust thing, like you said. It's a it's a comfort zone. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's good to to mix it up and change it up. And yeah, I think, a little fresh fresh ideas right. at times. But yeah, it, it's a little different, and you know, you kind of look over your shoulder and what's this guy really about, but. If everyone's on the same page and the ultimate goal is to win and to, to be the best, then uh, you're going to be successful. And, uh, you yeah, we were fortunate to stay together that long. But sometimes, like you said, it's good to get fresh blood in there. And most of these guys coach knows, so that's another mm-hmm. plus.
1: Uh, now, we were talking uh, um, before we went to the last break. I mean, it seems like every day, Justin, every day we're seeing a coach move. Uh, maybe, maybe not quite as um, big a story as Chip Kelly leaving UCLA as head coach to go be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, uh, but, but just yesterday, Georgia State's coach, and I did not realize that spring practice was underway when he left to, uh, to, to go be a tight ends coach.
3: Yeah, he's going back and taking his old job at South Carolina. Which, okay, one thing if you coach on a hot seat—you you want to have a have a soft landing spot. A lot of team, a lot of guys, Chip Kelly being the most notable of them. The problem I have is is the fact that it's three days into spring practice, and you've got a Georgia State football program now, and a bunch of kids that are on hold now, and they have to—I mean, they they paused spring practice. They have to—they've had to reorganize everything. They got to figure out who's going to be the head coach now. Right. They got to figure out everything. And look, I'm not an idiot. I know that you know power conference football the the power five about to be four probably going to be two is is what runs this sport and 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 if you're not in that especially if you're not even in the old uh, power conferences you know you're you're going to be left out Um, I get that I understand that but you know the, the, the there, there's a whole lot of good coaches and, and good players and 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 guys that have committed and signed up and wanted to be a part of this team and and now you have the head man you know pulling the ripcord and, and leaving and it's just like wh- what do you do for the rest of them and if that's if that's going to be the case and it's not a transfer portal thing or an nil thing or anything new i mean guys have left jobs a ton uh and, and sometimes in, out of nowhere but I just feel for all the guys, you know, that worked for him and played for him that are just gonna be like, Okay, what do we what do we do now? Uh, just because you took care of yourself first and foremost and you well, like got a soft got, landing spot. They, they've
1: got thirty days, they've got a jump, they've got a head start on the, uh, the, the the spring transfer portal and that's one of the things we heard. Yeah. One of the things we heard about the portal is hey, coaches can leave at any time yeah. and players deserve to have that opportunity as well. So, I mean, you understand that. But, yeah, this is – you talk about, the you know, is leaving them in, in the lurch. This is uh, – that's just awful.
3: And you manipulate the time to to suit your needs, but, you know, not keeping in mind what everybody else is. I, you know, and I'm going to say this, and people are going to be like, I'm picking on Alabama. But, like, you know, Ryan Grubb just left Alabama job. He was going to, you know, be the OC, again, at, 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 you know, following Kalen DeBoer. He just took the Seahawks offense coordinator job. They waited a while to announce it, and reportedly, part of the reason for that is is that Alabama didn't want to lose at their Alabama's house. behest.
1: There's no question in my mind about no. that. I mean, um, it had been out there for more than a week. Oh, I yeah. mean, the word we talked about it, Don, well, yeah. well, more than a week ahead of the official announcement that he appeared. Ryan Grubb appeared to be the candidate, the top candidate for the Seahawks job. And when asked about it, it's like, oh, no, 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 he's still here. And then on the day, the 30th day after Nick Saban announced his retirement, oh, the Seahawks announced Ryan Grubb.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you 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 look at that and and you see, you know, people just looking out for themselves. And and that happens in every industry and every sport, obviously. But it just it, it hurts a lot of these kids um, that – you know, are now having to kind of figure out what's next. And right. And it's not an ideal time, right? You can even say, well, you can hop into the transfer portal. That's great. Or, you know, hey, the second window's coming up. Okay. You can't
1: one- transfer to another SEC school without w- sitting out a year.
3: And for like these kids at Georgia State, it's like, okay, well, I'll go transfer somewhere else. I've already missed a spring. You know, yeah. you talk about how critical it is for, and that's why there's so much movement in the transfer portal in the first window compared to the second window. It's why kids sign earlier and earlier out of high school now it's because you need to have the spring. It is hard to jump in somewhere in the summer and be ready to go full speed by the time by the time fall rolls mm-hmm. around and you just don't get that opportunity anymore because of what happened way above you that had nothing to do with you and that that you know that's really rough for those guys
1: did you ever see you know I don't know that I've seen a listing of how many players are still out there in the portal
3: hundreds even I mean, not, because, because
1: spring, you know, spring terms have started everywhere. They've been going yeah. on for a while. I mean, and for, guys, can, you know, and guys who are in so. the portal
3: can still pick. Sure,
1: but and, they're not going. They're not going to yeah. be going
3: through spring. And and and, and yeah. Dan and I talked about this the other day on our podcast. Um, I was completely unaware, and I guess. You know, it's just because I hadn't heard anything. Like, Galley Javarris Johnson hadn't made a made a move yeah. yet, and I thought this was a guy that would have a landing spot like that. Yeah, just I because did too. of how just because of how productive. I believe he was. he's
1: still in school.
3: Yeah, and uh, you know, there's always the door. The door is always mm-hmm. open to come back if you look around and 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 see that. But like, yeah, you know, it's there. There are a bunch of good. There are a bunch of players, and there there are some good players out there who are, who are out there in the portal. And and I, I haven't checked recently what the Auburn number is, but like some of it is like we ain't got any spots yeah. or, you know, we don't have very many spots and that's left.
1: That's the sad thing. I mean, you, you know, occasionally somebody will run up a little feature story on, well, whatever happened to, well, mm. he's, you know, he's working at a convenience store now or something yeah. like that because he didn't have an opportunity and his scholarship's gone. So that's it.
3: It's tough. Yeah.
1: Really tough. Three three four three two is the drive hotline. Now, let's see, update you. It looks like Auburn softball has won with a walk-off walk. In Trip. the uh, bottom of the seventh inning, beating go. Utah. Uh, that's the lone run of the game. So, um, so Auburn then, with, uh, with a couple of wins today as they beat UC Davis earlier, 6-3. And they, I believe they play UC Davis again. 6-3.
3: Six, six, one player, all six RBIs, all off the homers. Right? Had wow. a grand slam, a two-run homer.
1: Wow, um, that's, that's nice. So, so a good day thus far. For Auburn softball and a great day for it as well. All right, we'll get to our final break here of hour number one. Love for you to join in again. 334-321-1390. That's the drive hotline. Come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive.
0: Bending, stretching, walking. The simple moves in life are a real challenge with joint pain. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email thedrive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Dunn, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. And, yeah, I wanted to wait. We will wait. In hour number two, I want to – Justin had, uh, ha, has some numbers about teams on the road and where Auburn ranks for those people. I know there are a lot, there are a lot of Auburn fans – that may not follow everybody as closely, obviously. I mean, they're, they're Auburn fans, mm-hmm. and they're frustrated and understandably that Auburn has, uh, you know, that well, that Auburn lost the way they did at Florida and that um, they have gotten off to some slow starts on the road. But uh, we'll, we'll get Justin to talk about that a little bit later on in hour number two because I wanted, you know, that's that's usually we've got – Few more folks are able to listen. Some folks that are just getting off work now. Uh, we'll get Justin to talk about that in just a little while. Let's see. I, I wanted to mention also. So uh, yes, today it's the eve of Auburn baseball. We uh, we spent a little time with Butch Thompson, with tomorrow's opening day starter uh, Chase Alsop, and with first baseman Cooper McMurray uh, about the. Start of the season against Eastern Kentucky tomorrow night at 6 o'clock and then Saturday and Sunday games at 1 o'clock. And then we got a tour of the Hall of Fame club. And, man, is it impressive. It's funny. Butch Thompson was like, I want to see you guys. I want to I see the looks on your faces when you see this. If you've ever been underneath the first base stands where, it look, it had been upgraded from what it used to be. I mean, it was – a dark, dank – first it was a storage space, then it was a batting cage. That's the last time I'd been under there. And it was dark. I mean, it was a really dark um, – we we had this uh, media home run derby thing years ago and got a chance to take some swings under there. You could barely see. But, I mean, it is beautiful. I mean, it really is. You, you, you enter into a Chicago-style, um, you know uh, – you just feel you get that Chicago feel from the, um, the exposed brick. Mm-hmm. And you've got uh, Frank's is the bar right there. Obviously, yeah. Frank Thomas, the first Hall of Famer from the uh, Southeastern Conference. Um, and and the, uh, on the door, it only says 35. It doesn't mm-hmm. say Hall of Fame Club or anything. It's really cool. Um, so you go in, and, and uh, Frank's got his own He's come up with his own vodka. I wonder if he got with uh, Charles on that. He's got his, got his own vodka. Probably so. Yeah, FT-35 and some of his um, favorite concoctions that are going to be available there in a full bar. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that, that is really nice, I mean, right now, this year, they're selling the Hall of Fame Club seats, and there are 107 of those in two rows right behind home plate and what is really interesting is the right side is—I mean—it butts up to the visitors' dugout. Mm. Uh, there is a drink rail behind the two rows, so if you're standing at the drink rail on the far right side, you're basically—I mean—your foot's nearly in the in the visitors' dugout. So I'm sure folks there will get to know yeah. the visiting visiting players very well. So I—I I, I mean, it's it's really cool. It's, it is. Gorgeous. Uh, it's still still not a finished product yet. Right. After you step down from the from the uh, uh, initial um, open brickwork, then there's a much larger area that has, I mean, huge TV screens and another bar in the corner. The the uh, everything other than alcohol is covered. Mm-hmm. with your with your ticket or your add-on. And that's something that folks can still get. There's still add-ons available for season ticket holders. Now, this is not a ticket to get you in the game, mm-hmm. but it will be um, your access to the Hall of Fame club to be able to come down, grab food and drink. You know, thinking about... Uh, thinking about what what you know what it can cost you just to get some things at times, to be able to get in there and get out of the, the climate, whether it be cold, damp, uh, blazingly hot. I mean because it's going to yeah. do that, that is very nice climate controlled and then be able yeah. to to step out field level mm-hmm. and 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 be that close to home plate. Uh, we, we learned and we knew it was going to be smaller. But Red Hobart, uh, Hobart telling us that the area behind home plate is the is the smallest area in the SEC. Hmm. Now that's that's going to add that, that's going to make it tougher for um, you know wild pitches, pass balls. But there's no padding on the backstop, so those those balls could ricochet. Who Anywhere. knows where? Yeah. So, uh, but there's going to be you know so there'll be fewer foul pops caught by the catcher now because there's so much more. So much less foul territory, but the seats—I mean, it's just great. I, I really like the leather seats that you've got. 107 of them, and room for about 175 other folks in there as well. So uh, that's something I'm sure a lot of the season ticket holders are going to be able to take advantage of. And again, uh, I believe there's still there's still certain games where you can buy the reserved seats. So. Uh, Really appreciate the opportunity to get that little tour there today. We're halfway done here on the Thursday Drive. Bill, Don, and Justin, and we'd love for you to join in in hour number two. So stick with us. Welcome into hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Beautiful day today. Man, I I, I hope this uh, holds, holds up for as long as possible. I know it's supposed to be colder and maybe a chance of uh, some rain Saturday morning. Hopefully not. Uh, because, uh, I mean, there's so much going on. We uh, told you a little while ago, Auburn softball's already won two games today. They have another one left. Auburn baseball getting started tomorrow. Auburn basketball coming off an absolute demolition of number 11 South Carolina last night, a 40 point win, one Oh one to 61 and the Tigers now turn around and will host the Kentucky Wildcats on Saturday. A, a, uh, talented, talented team that has really struggled to stop other teams from scoring. That's, as as, uh, as I welcome in welcome back in coach Don Dunn, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Uh Justin, I mean Kentucky is they're about as talented a team as Auburn is going to play. Uh they just they just have to outscore people. That sounds crazy because you can't win if you don't outscore people, but they score and they can score a lot. The problem is they give up a lot at times.
3: Yeah, it, it, they have struggled so much on the defensive end this year. It's been pretty pretty wild i mean the core of it is they don't force turnovers at all it is all i mean teams are finding it pretty easy to get shots up on them and when you do that over and over and over again against a young team that's the thing oh yeah kentucky's got some dudes with some experience trey mitchell's come back and and he'll be a big piece for for kentucky on on saturday um you know they've got a couple other got uh, antonio reeves uh, but it's a lot. I mean, they signed four or five stars, mm-hmm. and, and and you know they've they have been leaning hard into, you know, uh, the kids, and it's a, a whole lot of talent. But especially on defense, that can hurt you sometimes because it's just dudes who haven't played well together. You look at Auburn. You look at how much experience they've got this year, and it's a huge reason why they're so good on defense. Um, Kentucky is kind of the opposite, and in fact, I think I think Kentucky has ended up looking more like I thought Alabama was going to look at it at the beginning of the year. You know, Alabama. Awesome offense, struggling on defense. Alabama is playing some really good defense. They here, really so have. Down, they here they, they, here they picked SEC that play. up. Yeah, and, and I mean, Kentucky's really struggled on that, on that end. And but I mean, offensively, they are they they. It looks like an NBA team out there sometimes. And uh, I think it was like four of Kentucky's last five losses. They scored eighty five in them. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. Most teams, that's enough to win every yeah. single night. And, and 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 not for Kentucky, but that just shows you what kind of challenge is up ahead for Auburn on on, on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, and, and this is, you know, we talked about it a little bit before the Florida game. I mean, um, the the size, you know, Auburn, Auburn has had pretty good advantages or they haven't had many disadvantages. Let's put it that way. Uh, as far as size matching up against teams, Kentucky's another long team.
3: Very long team. Um, you know, I wrote about this for the mailbag tomorrow. Like, if you look at, if you look at the teams that have given Auburn trouble, their front court, not the same kind of front court that's given Auburn trouble. That backcourt is really, really good, and so uh-huh. it's going to be very much a scout. It's it's going to come down to how well Auburn's backcourt defends their back. and, and they've played some really good. I think of Ole Miss. I think of Alabama, especially, and I think of teams with really good backcourts that Auburn's done a great job against this year. But I mean Alabama's – I mean no, Kentucky's might be the best of the bunch. Like you look at Alabama. They have Sears, and they have some other really, really good players, obviously. But Kentucky, I mean, all, it, Kentucky's got
1: three or four guys that can, I mean, they, light it up. I they, mean, Alabama's a really good shooting team. They too, roll
3: but. out, they roll out three, four, five guards in a game that are all going to be first round NBA draft picks, and it's just you better, you better get ready for it. We talked about how the Florida game was going to be. Hey, down, down in the paint, it's going to be you know grown man basketball. I think this, we're going to see this out on the perimeter a lot more. On, uh, on on uh, on Saturday against Kentucky.
1: again though the, the this one this one is at Neville where mm-hmm. students have already been camping out getting ready for the game day crew early Saturday morning and then the game Saturday afternoon at five and uh, yeah I, I waited for a little while but I mean I continue to hear and read people going yeah that was great but until Auburn shows that they can do this on the road, I'm not convinced that they can make a deep run. And I, nobody, nobody does what Auburn did last night at home, on the road against against a team that you know that can have five guys who can walk. Uh, I mean, let's let's face it, it it has become crazily difficult to win on the road, and expecting to see the kinds of performances that the better teams put up at home yep. on the road is just something you don't see. And I, I was looking at, at some of the notes that, that you were tossing mm-hmm. out. Um, Auburn is better than you would think, than a lot of folks lot would better. think on the road.
3: Yeah, so this is this is according to T-Rank, which is like Ken Palm and a lot of other things where they – you know, break down all the analytics and you know all, all the stats and, and rank teams based on how they perform compared to average. And so on T-Rate, you can break it down by like, hey, how good is this team at home on the road? Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Auburn right now is 19th in the country in road games alone. Third that's, that's in
1: the SEC. 19th nationally. Nationally. Third. Nationally out of out of, and we're not talking out of you know the the top two conferences. Yep.
3: Third best in the SEC, and you might be sitting there thinking, wait, hold on, they, they've lost several games on the road. How can they be third best in the SEC? Look at who they've lost to, look at how good those teams are, and look at how Auburn has played in those games. That matters. All that matters. It's not just looking at wins and losses. It's looking at how you play the game and, and, and try to project the future I mean, based off. Auburn of Auburn
1: had opportunities to win two of their three road losses in Absolutely. the SEC. Absolutely.
3: One of the counters I hear all the time is, "Hey, this is great. Auburn's going to be, you know, Auburn's awesome at home." Uh, well, that you know, the tournament's not at home. Well, the tournament's not on the road either. It's a neutral. It's a neutral sites in neutral site games this year. Auburn is eighth in the country, second in the SEC. I think Mississippi State's the only team better ranked. Uh, in neutral site games, is because I think they only played two and they went crazy when they did offensively they played right before auburn did when they played indiana ah, that's and, right and mm-hmm. I, I think mississippi state hit like 23s in that game and i don't think they've hit probably yeah yeah um so that's the th- that's that's one thing to keep in mind if you combine just hey away from home what do they look like uh fifth in the sec no i mean fifth overall in the country number fifth one in, nationally yeah and number one in the sec if you tank Take road and neutral games to combine them together. Just hey, how good are you when you're not playing your own building? Fifth, fifth best nationally. Again, and, who you play matters. Baylor is really good. Right. Um a- a- App State got insanely hot from deep. They've never shot at it like that again this year. Just chalk it up to hey, what in your your day? They're probably going to win the Sun Belt or at least come really close to that's potential uh-huh. NCAA tournament team. Alabama's Alabama, right? Mississippi State's going to make the tournament. Florida's going to make the tournament. Like you can look at other teams in college basketball this year and say, "Hey, they're really good." Purdue lost at Northwestern and at Nebraska. Those are their two losses this year. And one of those teams might end up making the tournament. I doubt both of them will. Like so you got to look at what everyone else is is doing in college basketball. It's really hard to win on the road. Period. Kansas went to an unranked Texas Tech team this week and lost by like 30? 29. It was 29, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just really, really tough. And, you know, Auburn's problems are not exclusive to them.
1: Oh, no, no, not at all. And and uh, uh, it it is just the fact parity. There's more parity yeah. in college basketball than there's ever been. And home court means much. Uh, look, Auburn's home court may be uh, as, as strong a home court advantage as there is in the SEC. Right. But that doesn't mean that this team can't play – with anybody else when they're not in this building, as long as they're, you know, let's 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 face it, you go into somebody else's building, yeah. you're you're already facing a deficit.
3: For those of you who are on Twitter or you know, Auburn fans who are on the internet a lot and you know maybe yeah. listen to some of our podcast, you know who this person is I'm about to reference, but uh, our buddy Pablo made a really good point on Twitter today and saying, look, Auburn at home, you can watch them look like they they look like they can play, they can beat the ninety eight Bulls. So when they go on the road and don't play as well, it's not the fact that they're playing poorly. It's just they're so far above everyone else at home yes. that it's just naturally going to look like a drop-off. It is a drop-off, but everybody has that drop-off. It just feels more pronounced, I think, because you see Auburn beat the brakes off of everybody they play at home and say, well, why can't they do that on the road? What is Auburn's
1: average win at home? It's got to be around 20.
3: It's got to be. Yeah, and, and you can throw SEC wins yeah, in there. Yeah, I'm talking it's, every it's, game. It's It's... it's, it's it's crazy to think about how good they have been at home this year, and I think that skews the perception of this team. It's hard to win on the road, period. And you know, heading into yes, heading into this week, the number one team in the SEC in terms of road performances in you know, in the conference this year was South Carolina, Had to and be. they just lost by forty yeah. on the road. Is anybody sitting here saying today, well, you know, South Carolina's not that good of a team? Because no, it's just. It happens. They're, they're
1: twenty-one and four now. Yeah. After that, 40 that's the point other thing loss. that cracks
3: me up is that we're talk, we're doing this about a twenty and five basketball team. Yeah, they have won four times as many games as they've lost this year. And yeah, like, did they play poorly against Florida? Yep. Were there other reasons why they weren't as sharp against Florida? And Florida had a ton of rest that played a factor in the hey, game. L- l-
1: let's uh, l- let's see. And Bruce talked about this the other day, and and I I believe the SEC if if there are situations. In the future, where where you have an open week, yeah, I think the SEC needs to, for sure, not penalize the team that is on short rest as compared to the open
3: week. If absolutely. You've had, if you've had an open week, then you should be fine go on the road. on the road. Yep, you should be absolutely fine to go on the road. I think that's I think that's the thing they lost to Alabama okay Alabama's the number 1 team in the SEC right now like there's and you and you and, didn't and, play and, well and, and you and should, they had an opportunity to an tie opportunity. that
1: ball game in the last couple of minutes
3: Mississippi state you couldn't throw it in the ocean that happens sometimes that that, that just happens from game to game but like you look at the other teams in this league and you look at this other team's period, how many games did Alabama lost away from home this year? How many How many games Tennessee lost to that same Mississippi State team on the road? They lost at home to that same South Carolina team that Auburn just blitzed last night. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, this this basketball team is really, really good. And I'm not sitting here and saying, like, you know, because of all these things, they're definitely going to win – you know, a go, big go game. deep, deep, deep in the tournament yeah, or anything. no, it's all about matchups. College basketball postseason is so fun, but it is completely unfair in terms of determining a champion because it's like, yeah, if you don't have it on one night, you're done. I don't care what happened in the last 30 games. You can be Virginia and be the number one team in the country and then UMBC yep. goes un, just, just goes off on you one night and it's like, all right, I don't care what you just did. You're done. You're over. You have the worst loss ever. Congratulations. You're going to be made fun about that for the, from now to the end of time. That's just the nature of it. So I'm not saying Auburn's gonna win out or anything like that, but they are better. They are a lot better on the road than people give them credit for. And I think it's partly because a lot of Auburn fans who are saying these things might not watch as much college basketball. I agree, and that's okay. That's okay. It's not the most. No, no. You, yeah. No. I mean, what I what Auburn wants is you to be an Auburn fan. That doesn't yeah, mean you have to watch absolutely. everything else. And then secondly, I do think it's just Auburn is so unreal good at home that it just skews everything else. Right. It seems disappointing when they're not that
1: good. It's like,
3: wow, why why are they not doing that? And, again, Bruce made the point last night, and he was like, you know, we can't ensure. That was the question. Like, you know, can you ensure that this happens against Kentucky or going out on the road? And he said, no, you can't. These are college kids. They play better at home. Teams, you know, when you build such a good home court advantage, we play better with it. Other teams play worse because of it. That's just – that's why you build it up Mm -hmm. to the way it is. And he made the point, and I think this is another good point. It is not like – hold on, everyone. It is not like Auburn has not played well on the road this year at times. They had a near-perfect half at Ole Miss in a game they absolutely needed to have, quad one game. They – this one doesn't look as good anymore, but they beat the tar out of Arkansas in Bo Walton Arena, which hardly anybody does. And they went to Vanderbilt and – like. Alabama struggled at Vanderbilt. Other teams have struggled. Tennessee struggled at Vanderbilt for a while. And they dispatched him them with relative yeah, ease.
1: Auburn seemed to just sort of uh, muddy through a 15, 16-point win.
3: Indiana's probably a bubble team right now. I haven't checked where they are lately. You you, you scored over 100 points them on a neutral floor. The very first game when you had so many new pieces and you were running a brand-new offense, you had a chance to beat Baylor. Uh, you know, almost in Canada. Like, you know, so far away from home. Um, you went to Brooklyn and you comprehensively beat a couple of teams that, you know, say Bonnie, say Bonnie's like the Bonnies have a good chance to make the tournament Notre Dame doesn't, but, um, you know, you played well in those games. You, you, you play U, UNC Asheville, a team that could also end up in the NCAA tournament this year. And you just move past them without. It's like, it's not that they're incapable of it. It's just they've had some bad performances on the road, but guess what? And, and this is a pretty good league
1: has. too. Yeah, I mean you're you're going on the road and uh, Sh- show me you're three t- and three right now. If Auburn, if Auburn finishes five and four, if Auburn, if Auburn can win its home games and be five and four on the road, how can anybody be disappointed?
3: Fourteen to four is usually enough to huh. get you at least a double bye in the SEC tournament, but it's usually enough to get you a chance to get, to hang a banner. Right. But just just show me a team in college basketball this season that doesn't have clunkers on the road. There's not one. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, Houston lost twice in the same week on Mm -hmm. the road uh, to Iowa State and TCU, and then blew a lead and lost by 13 at at, at Kansas. Uh, Purdue, like I said, lost to Northwestern and Nebraska. Um, UConn lost at Kansas and at Seton Hall. That Seton Hall team's probably not making the tournament this year. Um, And then everybody else has several clunkers on on there, and it just just happens. It doesn't make Auburn – perfect but there's no perfect college basketball team it's it's not this year no period i mean like you know even when we see really perfect basketball teams are really really good ones the ncaa tournament has a way of just kind of flipping it on them Mm -hmm. a little bit and 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 twisting the knife so it's all about building up your resume and getting your body of work as strong as it can be um and yeah if they they went i mean winning beating tennessee at tennessee is going to be hard it's not impossible south carolina's done it but it's going to be really really tough But if you win everything else, and Auburn's very fortunate that you look at their schedule this year, broken a pretty favorable way down the stretch. Um, Tennessee closes the year with four straight quad one games. South Carolina has five of their last seven were going to be quad one games. Alabama's got four, I think, as well. They're kind of scattered around. Auburn just had three, and their their final week, they play a team that has not won a game in SEC play, and then they're at home against against a big rival who is starting to crumble a little bit after after what was a strong start to the year so they've got an opportunity um but like yeah like (laughs) you know we could end up sitting here at the end and being like yeah well Auburn went what 25 and six or whatever it'll be this year 26 and six or whatever in the regular season and um might not be enough to win a championship this year but it's like this is one of the best seasons not just for Auburn but for anybody in college basketball this year and this has been a year where everybody's put up put up some some bricks on the road, and it's okay. It's okay. Auburn's problems are nowhere near the problems of of, of a lot of other teams, and. You know, it's weird that analytically they are one of the better yeah. teams in the country on the road. Yeah, know, no one I, would think that.
1: I know that would surprise quite a few folks. All right, we we need to get to our first break here in hour number two. By the way, hour number two is brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika, on the web at orthoclinic.com. Give us a call on the drive hotline. Sponsored by Skybar 334 321 1390 or Texas. The Drive Text Box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors 334 564 1840 TP. Hang on. You're up when we come back here on the Thursday Drive
0: commissioner and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at com.
1: welcome back into the drive here on this thursday a little programming note uh, Dylan Cardwell practicing, Auburn Auburn practicing a little later today.
3: whole lot of film room. Today, yeah, Burnley. yeah. So,
1: so Dylan, uh, Dylan, once again, will uh, get up with Jacob Goins in the morning and we'll be able to run that for you tomorrow afternoon for Tiger Takes. So, yeah, Auburn prepping for Kentucky. The good thing is it's different than last week where at least they're not having to travel to Lexington tomorrow to, to play yep. a Kentucky team that, that hadn't played all week. Kentucky did get it one day, to, you know. A one day uh, head start,
3: I mean, but that's good. If you're going to go on the road,
1: I don't mind a team playing Tuesday night if they're going to go on the road on Saturday.
3: And they got back on track by beating Ole Miss. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was crazy that three straight losses at Rupp for the first time ever, um, and you know the first time Kentucky's ever done that period since like the '60s, '66. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah um, Memorial Coliseum. Yep. And I and I. Watch and follow Gonzaga basketball. That's the worst it's Gonzaga-, Gonzaga. That's the worst team. Gonzaga team in at least a decade. Well, and since they've been young. Gonzaga, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it just to watch them go to Rupp and like be unbothered. I mean, this is a team that struggled against St. Mary's, and they they go to Kentucky mm-hmm. and just take care of business. I yeah, you know really really surprised by that. Three three four three two one thirteen
1: ninety. That's the drive hotline sponsored by Skybar and TP is up next. Hey TP.
5: Hey, good afternoon, guys. What a game. What a fun game to watch. They don't come all around like that very often, but man, what a game.
1: No, 40-point um, conference wins are rare.
3: Yeah, the, the last yeah. time they had been, I mean, they broke the record for biggest win over a ranked opponent, and the previous record was 1959. Yeah. So, I mean, that tells you a lot.
5: Yeah, and the other thing is, uh, y'all, y'all aren't asking me to sub for Dylan, are you? I mean, I'm not
1: coming into the game to sub. <laughs> oh no, him. no, that's not what I mean. He you can. can, that's fine, but uh, <laughs> but no, no. No, I don't think. I I just, think, I I just want I, I just wanted folks that. tuning in in a couple of minutes uh, or tuning in that were waiting for Dylan to uh, to know that uh, we'll hear from him tomorrow.
5: Well, I don't have the abs that he does, so I'll, I'll let somebody else. I never,
1: I never him. had. Um, I, uh, no. Never dreamed, never dreamed. Well, I dreamed, but <laughs> yeah, never came close to that.
5: <laughs> All right. Well, a couple of things. Um, having uh, it was exciting seeing Denver Jones at point. Yeah. And uh, boy, he seemed to be able to blow past anybody and get it closer to the basket, which always seems to be a little bit of a problem with our other two points are great. But he just seemed like he could flip past him. But, of course, I guess they were guarding way out on the perimeter, and that made it easier. But he just seemed to be able to go. I hope that's something we'll – keep in our arsenal in future
3: games yeah and and i think the thing with denver and, and part of the reason why bruce said that they ran with that lineup and they wanted to make that adjustment is his length you know it's trey donaldson nate holloway a little smaller guys they're having to they're having to win a little bit more with their quickness and their craftiness denver is is a it's a two guard and yeah you know, he's he, six four I yeah mean, he's 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 got good length and you know there's not a lot of point guards that are going to be able to kind of slow down or at least stay in front of that, that and he doesn't have to be blow by you fast uh, but he is he's got a great first step and he's, he's he's a great athlete I think he has gotten he has probably been one of the him and Chad Baker mazzara have been great beneficiaries of being in Auburn's weight room you know being with their strength coaches and, and all that this year and I think I think you're seeing him He's a lot more explosive, it. he had a couple drives last night where I thought he was about to punch it and like really, really, you know, try to. I mean, he's he's going to get one at some point. Mm-hmm. K- yeah, keep you're saying right. that about KD. Denver, I feel like is a little bit more more likely to do that, but yeah, it's it's a great move, especially on defense. But yeah, you, you're right. T P that the offensive benefit of that is is pretty big.
2: Yeah, and
5: he also will take that mid-range jump shot, yeah. which seems like he hits that pretty consistently without any problems. So that's that's a good. Offensive threat when he gets in the uh the other thing is that uh if I know this won't be possible all games, but with Jalen and Jana hitting three point shots uh i don't i don't know how another team um defends that because both of them can take it into the basket and Jalen especially can dribble it into the basket and take it but what a threat that is! If they're hitting those shots, just the outside, inside of those two players, and they're not afraid to pass the ball off yep. to somebody else. No, they're good passers. Back. That's so a, such an exciting, exciting play when they do that.
3: Uh, I think Bruce said it best last night. He said, "Hey, when when you get nine three pointers from your front court, it just it just <laughs> it opens everything. That every possible avenue you want to attack on offense becomes available when they're stretching the floor and hitting like that." And, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but like South Carolina, good front court, a little shorter front court. Their 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 tall starter was six eight. And like they had to overcompensate by packing the paint and when you leave, leave guys with that much space, I mean the confidence that Jani has had from deep and, and just playing a face-up game has been a huge part of this this team's success. Well, this was year. it but the la- Jalen's always been that guy.
1: Yeah. Was it Was it the last one where he looked like he wanted to drive and the guy backed off and it's like, well, okay, I'll just go ahead and hit another one. It, it, I mean, he he already going into last night, percentage-wise, he was Auburn's best three-point shooter. I think he's up to fifty percent.
3: Fifty percent in SEC play. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's and, and yeah. this is a guy that he he didn't hit a three-pointer until like. Almost the end of his and sophomore he year, at more like defense five
1: defense. in two years. Yeah, when he came to Auburn. Yeah, the only thing that that some people now, I, I and I've had a couple of people say to me, uh they they just hope that they don't want to, they don't want him to become three pointer yeah. happy.
3: Yeah, and I think it's just it's more of a take what the defense gives you kind of thing than hey, you know, uh, I'm just going to sit back and bomb a, a ton, and it just it changes so much of your offense when you have a when you run so much five out or you run so much high ball screen action to begin with and that guy's either gonna uh, if he's equally as good at getting to the basket as he is staying outside and hitting threes on you i mean that just makes you a that just makes you such a weapon um and 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 like bruce said opens it up all for your offense and yeah you're right they're not going to go nine to twelve from deep every game um you're not going to go nine to twelve from deep every single game but Uh, you're going to be able to, you know, do so much on offense when when your guys are hitting like that.
5: Well, the last thing is uh, Aiden. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just – I think it was 2019. We we went through a a spot where we just weren't hitting our outside shots. But before uh, we got – about this time of year, we started hitting them. And that took us all the way into, uh, into the tournament and served us well. But Aiden is so laid back. He's, it doesn't sound like he's worried about his shot. No. He's no. not pressing. And he's even just, I think it looks like he's not taking those long shots anymore and just saying, hey, let me run the offense and get in, get in closer. And then if I've got an open shot, especially if I've run the clock some, I'll take it. So this is a bold prediction. I think he's going to get hot Uh, before the end of this month and into the SEC tournament. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see a game in the NCAA on the big big stage where they're going to go, oh, my God, he got 30 points. (laughs) Okay, I hope that doesn't jinx him. But I, I just have a feeling that all of a sudden it'll be a night where he's just on fire and he'll be... Taking those heat check shots and they'll be going in, but I don't want to. I can't jinx him. He didn't. He's not listening anyway.
2: But that <laughs> you never, you never know, know the who's listening.
3: <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, hey, I'll say, I'll, I'll say this <laughs> to, to, to your point though that I, I think the I think Auburn staff and players still believe in him. And, and we talked about it earlier. I mean, I, I, I'm at almost every practice, and it's like when you watch Aiden Holloway shoot, it's just like, good lord, it's like he doesn't miss. And it hadn't translated to the games yet, but when it does, when it starts, when it starts falling for him having watched him a ton and watched him in high school that ball that goal is going to look as big as a hula hoop when when he starts going yep. and so for auburn you hope it at least if it's going to come this is going to be a good time to, to have it come and a lot can be you know kind of brushed aside if you do that
1: great stuff tp we appreciate the call hey, i don't know if he was listening but auburn is done with practice dylan cardwell is on the line and we'll have tiger takes on the other side here on the thursday drive
0: Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Time now for our weekly Tiger Take segment. I know just a few minutes ago I was saying, well, looks like Auburn practice is going to go a little long and Uh, We'd have to get a recorded interview with uh, Dylan for tomorrow, but uh, we're we're pleased to let you know that that Auburn basketball practice has wrapped up. So uh, we're we're pleased to be joined by Dylan Cardwell here on the Tiger Takes, brought to you by the Alston Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. And, uh, yeah, let's welcome him in after a a, – are you calling him back? Okay, all right. Uh, we're, we're about to get Dylan here with us uh, here momentarily. He had called in and let us know that uh, they'd finished practice. So after I do all that, after I do the whole intro, we've, uh, we've lost him. We, we'll get him back. Uh, he was probably on his cell phone and, and the cell and, and the call dropped out. So Drew is in the process of calling him there's back.
3: Some, there's some weird spots like that in the arena. Yeah, for, and, for sure. uh, and
1: we'll see if that's uh, Dylan calling back. Hey, you good to go? Yeah, there we go. All right, so as as we said, yeah, Auburn uh, Auburn practice wrapping up here on this Thursday. So, uh we're we're pleased to be able to have him on live after a uh, a monstrous win last night over South Carolina. We welcome in uh Dylan Cardwell. Dylan, congratulations, man, on the big win last night. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh it was one where, you know, South Carolina is a is a team that uh has has been able to grind out a lot of big wins holding teams down and and the first three minutes you know they get out to a five-point lead but then uh you guys as you have so many times this year go on a big run it was an 18-3 run you had a couple of other runs very similar to that and just never really looked back
6: yeah no that's what it's all about you know just stand the course yeah but it's about it's about staying the course and really just dominating when we still can and we've been known for getting off of some slow start since the is kind of addressed and we've worked our way uh, around that. But I think last night you just showed how persistent we can be, you know?
3: Hey Dylan, uh, in a game where Janai and Jalen combined to go nine of 12 from deep, do, do, do you feel like in a game like that, you're like, all right, maybe I need to take one of one of these threes <laughs> at some point, just because of the way y'all, y'all were shooting it. What, just what was it like watching those two guys, you know, really yeah, go off? It, was, like it was
6: great. It was, it was so great to be a part of, you know, I remember in, there was one time I passed the Jay Wood. I was like, "Is he ever going to miss?" Like, I just want to keep feeding him. You know, feed the hot hand. But like, he was taking some shots. You'd be like, "Huh?" He shot that, and then
1: goodness gracious, he made it every time. Hey, he hit a couple where the net didn't move. Yeah, I mean, I exactly. wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was an air ball or 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 it just uh, completely you know stripped hey, the net.
3: And, and I'm glad you brought that up, Dylan, because you you led the team in assists last night, and y'all had a ton of assists as a, as a team in general. But like, you know. This year, your assist numbers have gone up a lot. Your turnover numbers are, are, are down. Just how much have you felt like you've grown in this offense, being more of a playmaker like Janai, like Jalen, like the Cheney, the rest of you guys in the front court? No, you know, yeah. being able to, being able to move the ball around and, and help this offense uh, score a lot more.
6: Yeah, it's about being comfortable, really, and just understanding that you know I've been in the system for a long time and I know where people are going to be at. I know where the defenses are going to be at. So this comes with you know um, trial and error and learning through that.
1: Yeah, I would say not that it's not that it's never going to happen again, but you had as many assists as South Carolina did last night. I did. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, you, I mean, that's that's something that's something you need to keep that keep that number and say, hey, yeah, you know, I had as many that's, assists as, as the opposing team did in an SEC yeah. game. Yeah, man, it's, no, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, it, that's well, it, it it was it was crazy last night once again. Yeah. I mean, the atmosphere is always great at Neville it was uh, uh it was Valentine's man it was like everything going for for uh for, for Auburn last night Valentine's yeah. Day um gooey fries triple digits I mean it was yeah it, it, it was fantastic now uh you got to put that one behind you really quickly yeah,
2: because real
1: quick. an uh, uh, an extremely talented team uh, a young bunch but man a talented Kentucky well that that's sort of like an oxymoron talented Kentucky team is coming in this Saturday
6: yeah you know uh we're we're happy we won last night but like you said we gotta turn around real quick and make sure that we take care of business you know if we want to have a chance to win the um SEC we have to win this whole week you know we win out from here but we take one game at a time so we don't really get too excited about last night's win you know we made history but at the end of the day like one game at a time you know we, we passed that game so it's not time to move on
1: how cool was it? Um, did you realize after the game last night that there were already uh, tents going up for uh, for Saturday morning?
6: Yeah, it's cool, but it's, I don't mean to sound like a hater, y'all. But like, it's ridiculous, you know. Like, <laughs> well, it is. You, you think know, about it. They just, they, 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 I think it's just causing panic for the students that don't want to camp out for two or three days to have school. You know, what I'm saying Thursday and Friday. So, I felt bad for the students that you know can't afford not like afford like financial but afford like energy wise and stuff like that to camp out for three days, you know. So um I'm not a big fan of the of the camp outs two days in advance and really not. I like to camp out tonight before. That's that's fun. Oh yeah. But when it's two nights before, I think that's just a little extra.
1: Uh yeah. Uh of course I mean we don't don't always have game day coming in on Saturday morning either though. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't know. I just—I'm not a big fan of the three days out. That was kind of crazy. There's no, there's no,
6: no reason for that. Hey. Unless you just like out, the outdoors. So.
1: Yeah. At, at least, at least they're lucky that it's not. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't freezing, and it looks like it's going to be okay again the next couple of nights. Saturday night's first night going to be cold. So at least, uh, yeah. At, le- at least they'll make it through. So yeah, but yep. but uh, but I mean, yeah. You just hope. What you do hope. I, I wondered about this a couple of times. I'm worried that after doing that and having a five o'clock game. That, uh, that, that may not be able to uh, have as much energy there on the sidelines.
6: Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, where are we spending our energy at? You don't have enough nice sleep to, you know, lose your voice <laughs> on a Saturday. So, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they have enough energy. I think college game day. We're, we're, they're going to be on a feet all day with college game day, you know, being at the whole day. So, mm-hmm. it's kinda, I'm kind of excited to see how the energy of the jungle is because, you know, they'll have three of the camping, then a whole day of staying on their feet, waiting for a 5 p.m. game. <laughs> uh that should be interesting
1: yeah uh those are those are many many years back for me so at least i'm not not doing anything crazy like that uh talking with with dylan cardwell here is our tiger takes uh regular segment and uh with with kentucky coming in what what have uh you know what have you seen on film when you look at the cats
6: man uh goodness gracious they are an amazing three-point shooting team they're dangerous like like alabama dangerous so we have, we have, that's definitely where our struggles have been is leaving guys wide open, and they have guys that aren't going to miss open shots. So we have to make sure we're disciplined in being in the passing lanes. You know, we can't leave um, Reed Shepard, Antonio Reeves, or Rob Dillingham you know, Those are three guys who are really dangerous from three. So just make sure they're in their passing lane and stuff like that so they can't uh, really get off. They're dangerous in transition. So if we're having – we have a lot of – we have live ball turnovers and block shots. Uh, that's a loss for us. So we have to make sure we're really disciplined in all that we do on offense yeah sure we're was, care of the, no I'm sorry go ahead make sure we're taking care of the ball and being more disciplined with um all we're doing really
1: yeah that was that was something that that was very impressive and again just looking back at last night, just seven turnovers i mean uh protecting the ball and you guys for the for the most part have been very good at that throughout the season um what what are your thoughts on the uh, the guys you'll be matched up with big z and company there?
6: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, they're a different cover than what we're kind of used to as far as the traditional five-man. So it should be interesting. It should be fun. Um, Like I said, it's always fun to play Kentucky, a lot of exposure and stuff like that. So I'm excited.
1: Oh, no question about it. Well, it's uh, – I mean, Auburn Auburn, uh, is right now and, you know, don't want to jinx it or anything, but Auburn's the only team that is unbeaten on their home court this year. As much as we've talked about, uh, you know, home court and everything and how difficult it is for anybody in the country – To uh, go on the road and win, you guys were uh, Justin Ferguson, who was uh, in here and was just you were just talking with a couple of minutes ago, uh, was pointing out some analytics that show Auburn is among the best teams in the country road wise, but there's nobody better in the conference at home as uh, you try to continue that perfect mark and uh, extend that. I think it's guess it's a 16 game home winning streak now.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, this is just a big tribute to our fans, you know. Um, but we're not really looking at our home record. Uh we don't look at home. We don't we don't play at home and like, okay, we're gonna play good today, and then go on the road and be like, All right we're gonna wet the bed today. It kinda just happens. <laughs> um but you know, at the end of the day, you know, take one game at a time. We're not really focused on going undefeated at home, but we're really focused on protecting the home court while we have it, you know what I'm saying? So every game is um every game is a challenge. It's not easy. To make sure we're just upholding our end of the bargain and really respecting these fans for coming out here and paying good money and waiting in line to come see us, because uh, we do not are not trying to lose at home.
1: Oh, it'll take care of itself as long as you just, uh, you know, focus on winning the next one, which is which is the obvious thing that you have to do. Yep. Dylan Cardwell, Well, yeah. Um, Dylan, again, it is. Uh, it, it's. It's been a it's been a, a great show thus far. Last night was just wild, but uh uh really looking forward to this matchup coming up on uh, Saturday afternoon. And then then you guys get the week off.
6: Yeah, finally. I needed a little bye week. Might go to the beach or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure BP is going to say yeah, yeah, just take off and go to the beach, guys.
6: <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think yeah. We're probably going to practicing real hard during that that time. I think we'd come back and play Georgia so yep. we haven't play them all year. So I think we're being really locked in for a Georgia game, and it's an away game, so that's going to be nice.
1: Yeah, that's so uh, very, very deserved. Uh, again, uh, really appreciate you uh, checking in with us. Glad we were able to get you on live here this afternoon. And yes, sir. Uh, and and best of luck against the Cats before you get that uh, well-deserved rest.
6: Yes, sir. Thank you, War Eagle.
1: Uh, absolutely. Hey, before I let you go, let everybody know how they can follow you on social media.
6: Yeah, my Instagram is Vito and Carwell, My Twitter is Dylan up next two underscores.
1: All right, Dylan, thanks a lot, man. Uh, we'll talk to you yeah. again next week. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Dylan Cardwell joining us with Tiger Takes, proudly presented by the Alsabrook Law Group on the web at alsolaw.com. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Thursday Drive.
3: Born and raised in